This podcast is part of the Shareable Podcast Network. Learn more at shareable.fm. You are now listening to the Heroic Council. So we, we decided to go live a little bit early um, as, as a gift to our expansive audience, as Tim wanted to point out. Uh, I just want to say that this is the first time in the history, the long and, um, and complicated history of the Heroic Council, where every single member of the council has a lower third and their video is coming through flawlessly. Um, it's really just an exciting thing. Sarah and I are taking it to another level, though, because we, we threw up logos as well. Uh, so, you know, start. Hey, you didn't say you're going to do that. Jeff did it for me. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Parshall and Tim, you know, just saying, <laughs> you get your own lower thirds. That's what you get. You, you know, know, Jeff? You know, I have my logo on my lower thirds. I'm not a narcissist, so I don't need it. I, I like it in two different places. You get both square and circle with me. So that's, <laughs> I think. Um, very excited for us to be back on the Heroic Council together. That's fun stuff. We have our chat open. That's pretty dope. Um, oh, no, that puts messages in the stream. We don't want that, do we? No, we don't want that. That's silly. It's crazy. Um, all right, cool. Uh, we're going to start in just one minute, everybody, all of you watching, all two of you watching so far. Um, we appreciate you both. And um, I'm really excited about this episode. I think it's going to be a really fun episode. It's nice to be back. How was everybody's uh, time off? Was it nice? Really nice. A change. I mean, it was a different Thanksgiving than ever, but it was nice. Yeah. Definitely. What do you mean by time off? I mean, like, you know, I'm off from the Heroic Council. I know that it's an arduous uh, part of your week to show up for these, you know, weekly conversations. Um, so I was just wondering if you took that time and used it to recharge your batteries, eat some turkey, um, think about what your life has to offer. You know, but that's what I meant. That's all. That's all. No, I was, I, I spent that time, you know, uh, dip, dipping and dodging COVID. You know what I mean? Putting. Yeah myself and all the people around me at risk you know it was a good time that's fair well hey it's one o'clock so you know what that means it's time for the heroic council okay that's what it means so my name is jeff gibbard and today i'm the host of the heroic council my featured guests today are council members sarah O'Hannison, parshall tashi and timothy skywalker yuli jingleheimer schmidt the second Make sure to tune in every Friday at one o'clock Eastern Standard Time where we get together to talk about work and answer your questions. Subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform or on YouTube, of course, uh, or you can join our Facebook group, all of which you can find at superheroinstitute.org slash heroic. And all of the links will be there as well as all the show notes from previous episodes. I think I'm caught up. I may still have to actually upload like two of them or something. Uh, so I might be a little bit behind on that. But today... We're going to talk about uh, morning routines and habits and just sort of like overlapping of those things. So without uh, further ado, let's get to that intro that makes me feel so good. This podcast is part of the Shareable Podcast Network. Learn more at shareable.fm. I never, ever, ever start my day with the energy of the Heroic Council uh, 
introduction. Never, never. I wake up every day miserable and um, and angry because I'm awake and I was enjoying my sleep so, so much. I never feel that level of energy. But here we are in the middle of the day and I get to feel that pumped up. Where did we lose Parshel to? Is she coming back? She's back, right? There she is. There she is. All right. Now we've got everybody. All right. Morning routines, habits. Today, the whole point is to talk about kind of how you get your day started, but also how you go about your week, how you go about your day. Uh, how do you make sure that the things that you're doing in your life on a regular basis are allowing you to serve the goals that you have for yourself as a human being or a superhero, whichever. Um, so I want to start off uh, with Sarah, and then I want to uh, loop in Tim and Parshel here, because I know just right off the bat that Sarah and I are on opposing sides of this particular issue. Um I am very, very vocal and and f like pro morning routine, and Sarah takes a different standpoint on it. So, Sarah, why don't you tell us all what you think about morning routines? <laughs> so, there's a lot of good things about morning routine, right? Like, I think you're you're a lot of people are their best in the morning. It helps you get important things done in the morning. My concern with morning routine is that it people can actually get kind of caught up in it. And then a few hours have gone by and they didn't really get their most important things done. So I actually encourage clients and I myself do, I guess I would say I start my morning routine the afternoon before. So I actually leave my workspace for the day having planned out what are those top three things I'm gonna work on tomorrow. So when I come in in the morning, my routine is that those top three things are laid out for me and I'm ready to hit the ground running. So I've actually done a little prep work. Um, so I would call that the afternoon routine is most important, but that sets you up for a really productive morning. Um, I wholeheartedly believe that you should get your most important tasks done first thing in the morning. I think I just go about setting it up a little bit differently than a lot of people. Yeah, it's interesting because that doesn't sound like you're opposed to morning routines, it sounds like you're actually just more planful about how you go about a morning routine so you're more effective at it. Yeah. Well, interesting because it also conjures up the, the the question of like, what is a morning routine? So why don't we start by, uh, since since we're both taking opposing views on that a little bit, or maybe just it's a nuanced view of it, um, Parshel and Tim, why don't you guys both weigh in on the, the question of morning routines, the value of having a morning routine and all of that. And then um, if anyone wants to share how they go about starting their morning or what their morning routine looks like, I think that's a great way for us to kind of contextualize what the rest of the conversation is going to look like. Parshel, you should go ahead. Uh, for me, morning, morning routine, I, of course, I hear about it all the time into like entrepreneurship and dipping, uh, having my own business, being your own boss. It was like, you need to have a morning routine, it'll get you started very well, and you'll be more energetic. And uh, I have to say that the more I have myself that time, uh, the better the day starts. So I think, I think for me, I think the morning routine as uh, things that I do to, to for myself first, and then, then move forward with the day um, to, you know, you know, get to those top three tasks, the things that need to, need to be addressed uh, right from the start. So wake up. I usually, uh, and that's like at 5, 5.30. I purpose, purposely my phone on the other side of the room, so I have to, to physically get up and go, go get it, get it. I have things like that that I do just kind of like, I don't know, trick my mind to just getting into what I need to be and like disrupting the sleep state and ready to go. So, um, and then I usually always do, do meditation and yoga and I read or, or journal. And then 
actually get into to whatever the work or whatever, whatever the three things are for the day of the day at that point, which usually starts start on seven. So I give myself like an hour and a half, half of water, um, you know, stuff like that. And I get going and, and I, I don't necessarily keep to a, to a schedule. I just try to make sure that I just get into a flow and accomplish those things because those aren't to me. <clears throat> I also am, am trying to change my schedule to, to incorporate a little, a little bit of reading as well, at least like one chapter. Because that's also something that's important. And if I hit it at the end of the day, I've given myself that space, and everything else can start and start coming with the day. It's like kind of having that control right from the start. Start. Got it. So I'm going to reiterate some of those things back because I don't know if it was for anybody else, but my internet connection was that was coming through a little bit like doubled. So it sounds to me like when you start up your day, start around six six thirty. It sounds like, and you give yourself sort of like a ramp up period where you have some water, maybe some meditation. You kind of ease into the day, and then you want to kind of trick your brain into hitting the ground hard and, and taking on those, you know, the top three tasks of the day and really getting yourself into it. A little bit of what your routine sounds like. If I don't know if anybody's read or heard of the book Miracle Mornings. I don't know if has anybody heard of that book. So there's a book by, I forget the guy's name, but uh, it's a book called Miracle Mornings. And the idea is, I believe the the term in it is scribes, which I think it, um, they're like, part of it is like journaling. Um, no, no, scribing is one of the things in it. But part of it is like, you got to read in the morning, you uh, exercise, um, uh, you journal. Uh, there's like a couple different things to it. So a little bit of what you're doing sounds a little bit like that Miracle Mornings thing. Um I'm going to turn over to Tim and Parshel, if you could just check your internet connection real quick because it's coming through on like a double. Um, Tim, what's your morning routine look like? What are, what are your thoughts on morning routines? Do you have one? Do you believe in them? What do you think? Um, I don't really have a, I don't really have a super strong opinion on morning routines. I mean, like I, I know for a lot of people they're effective, so I'm not like going to evangelize anything specific. Um, for me, the mornings are uh, my, probably my favorite part of the day. Um, whenever I feel like I have, uh, like plenty of space in front of me time-wise, um, I, I generally feel really great. Um, I love morning light. I love the fact that I feel really focused in the morning. Um, and that if I have any like really cognitive intensive tasks, that's when I, um, put the time to do that. Uh, I, I really change up my, um, my routine depending on what season it is too. Um, in pro probably like late spring through mid fall, I'm usually going for a walk, uh, in the summers. And when it's warm out, I'm usually going to grab a nice coffee. I'll walk around the neighborhood. Um, and then I'll usually come back in, um, uh, listen to a podcast for a bit and then get to go get going probably around nine, nine thirty. Um, yeah, I, I, uh, I, I'm, I'm sure there are like, I'm sure there are, uh, things I could build into my routine that would probably make me a more effective person, but I don't, I don't have a particularly rigid, um, yeah, rigid set of rituals. So, um, Sarah, you know, you talked about preparing the day before, and it seems to me like you probably come out of the gate strong each day. Like you've already got your three most important tasks planned. We'll get to how I am a completely different person from that in a moment. Um, but your, um, you seem like you're very planful and you probably think a lot about what those first moments of your day look like. It sounds like you're very aware of your energy levels. Kind of to Tim's point, he was talking about like knowing that he's got a lot of energy and clear headedness in the morning. So how do you go about setting up what your morning is and, and how do you then advise clients that you're dealing with on a productivity standpoint to take advantage of their morning routine? 
Yeah, and and I, I really uh, teach clients in a practical space, right? Because a, a lot of what I've read about morning routine is that they're rigid and strict and you have to do these certain things every day. And honestly, in real life, it just never worked for me. So when I was going into an office, I, I would always say by the time I got to my desk, like meetings had happened in the parking lot, my phone had gone off. So like that morning routine was kind of rocked before the day even started. You know, my husband doesn't go to work at the same time every morning. So that changes my schedule a little bit. My, uh, you know, we have this puppy now. So he's, it kind of depends on what his schedule is. So I almost felt like I never really had the luxury of enjoying a morning routine because my life just didn't allow me to always be in control of it. That being said, I do prioritize what's important to me in the morning. It's very important to me that I exercise every single morning because I want to exercise every day. And if I don't do it in the morning, I'm not going to do it after work hours. It's just not going to happen. So I make sure that I'm getting some of those things done that are important to me, having a cup of coffee, um, having a healthy breakfast, working out. But it's not that it happens in the same order or in the same at the same time every single day. So what I really try to teach clients is to make something that works for you and have things that you know you want to accomplish. If you don't get to them every day or if they happen in a different order, you're not failing at the routine. So I would suppose it's giving people a little more flexible on what that routine really is for them and making it work for their actual real life because there's other factors than just how you want to manage your morning. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. And I don't think you and I are probably on as opposite sides as I may have initially thought. I think we just um, maybe approach it slightly differently. So so my morning is, I'm the worst in the morning. Like I have 10% of my brain function. I need my coffee before I can even talk to another human being. Um, so like I, I basically take the first two to three hours of my day before I even start working. So like I have a super long ramp up period before you're going to get anything out of me. And I'm very um, uh, bullish on protecting my schedule and I encourage others to do the same. I know how I work best and I protect my schedule with like the fierceness of like a grizzly bear. Like you cannot get on my schedule prior to 10 a.m. Because I don't want to give you a subpar effort. I want to give you my best. And that's only going to begin at 10 a.m. If you want my best, you actually have to get me in the afternoon. Because my uh, the way my energy works, the way my brain works, is that it it's like a snowball rolling down the hill. At the beginning, I'm this teeny tiny little snowball. By the end of the day, I am like barreling through mountains. So I know that my morning routine has to really support that. So for instance... I do work out in the morning, but I hate it. Uh, but I got a trainer so that I at least have somebody who's driving me through to do that. I don't do it every morning, obviously, because that I hate working out. Um, but I know that like um, one of the things that's been really, really valuable for me, um, there's a concept in the book Atomic Habits by James Clear called habit stacking. So what you do is you look for other habits that you have, and then you try to stack on another habit on top of it. So I know every morning I'm going to drink my coffee. So every morning as I'm drinking my coffee, I practice my Mandarin on Duolingo. And simply by doing that habit stack of having that as part of my morning routine, so I know coffee is part of my morning routine, and I know that as I'm drinking it, I'm not going to do anything else that's really important, so I might as well bring something else in there that serves my goals as a human being. So I brought in Duolingo, and I'm on a 118-day streak, I think it is, of practicing Duolingo. Now, to your point, meetings in the parking lot, 
not going to work the same time every day. Maybe some days I'm hungover. Maybe some days baby got up in the middle of the night, like whatever it is. Um, there have been days where I've missed it um, or it's happened later in the day or whatever, but I still have like a, a fallback routine that is sort of like the way that I begin the day. The other thing I just want to put out there, and I'm, I'm curious how you all relate to this, is um, I once read something about Michael Phelps, where Michael Phelps, prior to ever getting in the pool, had essentially like a list of like 20 or 30 things that he had to a- accomplish. Get out of bed within five seconds or something, right? Brush your teeth, um, you know, uh, do 15 jumping jacks, right? Like there were a series of very small wins, right? So by the time he got in the pool, he had already had a day full of wins. He had 30 wins. He was 30 for 30. So when he gets in the pool, his mindset is aligned around, I've already won, right? So I've been trying to, in my mornings, because again, I don't work well in the mornings, I try to arrive at 10 o'clock with four or five wins already in my pocket. I brushed my teeth in the morning. Maybe I did 25 push-ups. Um, maybe I did my Duolingo with my coffee. I walked the dog. Like I did all of the things that I was supposed to as part of the routine. And I see the routine as sort of like giving me the wins for momentum into the day. Curious what any of you think about that. And if you've noticed in yourselves that if you have a bunch of things you want to do in the morning, that um, uh, that having those wins kind of sets you in the right direction. Tim, I want to start with you. Um, man, I, I don't know what that, I don't, I don't, I don't um, so I don't, I don't know. Cause for me, I, I, I think I have a, like, like generally I have a list of like three things I want to get done every day. So like Sarah, I'll make that list the day before. Um, so I know during the day, that's what I'm trying to do. Um, and in the mornings, like, I don't know how to put it. Like, I like my mornings to be kind of like the best way to put it is like as low stress therapeutic as possible. And I'm not saying I'm necessarily effective at that, but uh, like, like the idea, like Michael Phelps has of having like 30 things to do before he even gets in the pool. That sounds really, uh, stressful to me. Um, does anybody else feel that? in general like i that that that's my initial impression of it like i really like my mornings and i like sitting down with a cup of coffee listening to a podcast kind of like like easing myself into the day um that's that's kind of how i've been doing it i, I for all i know like that's 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 really like being having a negative effect on my productivity but that's kind of like the wavelength that i'm typically feel is right in the mornings so i do that but it sounds like Sarah, like, it sounds like you hit the day, like immediately off the bat and you're like getting stuff done. Like I do not at all do like, I'm, I'm with Tim, man. Like I just like morning, I just need to like ease into the day. But like, I I would also offer that, like, I know that from 10 PM to 2 AM I'm crushing it. Like where other people are like me in the morning, they're that way at at 10 PM to 2 AM. But I'm like, I'm ready to roll. Like, let's do this. You want some strategy? Let's make it happen. Like I'm ready. So Sarah, what's your take on that? So I think what's important is getting in the right right headspace is critical, right? If you're not a morning person and you're forcing your most productive tasks, the things that are most important to you to be done at 6am, like, no, it's not going to work for you. What's more important is that you do have a way, a routine, habits that get you into that headspace. Whatever time that happens, I don't think that's quite as important. I think what the struggle can be is people are spending hours on 
morning routines and they're they're learning and they're consuming all this content they're reading all this stuff and now it's noon and they really haven't accomplished their goals yet so i think what's important is that these routines are helping to propel us towards our goals not we're not using them as a distraction of why we're not getting things done does that make sense it does but i guess the question is for for people who are like tim and i right like um I'm not going to be more or less productive in the afternoon as a result of my morning, whether I hit it hard or whether I take it slow. In fact, I'm probably going to be more productive in the afternoon if I take my morning the way at the speed that I need it, because I'm not jarring my brain in the way that like, I'm just not at, I'm not at like the capacity that people are used to seeing me like pre 10 AM. Mm -hmm. Um, so because of that, like, I, I guess, um, leaving room for, productivity can happen at different times of the day. Like, I think that's the whole thing about morning routines for me is right. Like some people's morning routines are about getting to the productivity. My morning routine is about making sure that I have a successful day. And that means taking my day slow in the beginning, like letting myself ease into it. Yeah. Well, I think recognizing that though is, is critical that we're all different. You know, the, a few of us did Enneagram test earlier this week, just to, just to see how our personalities are different and we are all very different people. That's the point of the heroic council, right? And we're learning from each other. And I think it's important to recognize that my only caution is that you're not using the time of the morning ritual to just do a bunch of things. And then that morning ritual turns into a kind of an all day ritual and you got stuck reading a book consuming content that really at some point you needed to turn that off and start getting your work done. Yeah. So it's about like, when is, when is it, when are you ready and not uh, overly doing the time in the, in the morning or whatever time of day that happens to you? Cause we can get stuck in consumption mode and, yeah. and read and read and, and, do yoga all morning, but at some point you got to get, you got to get going on your tasks. Tim, you, Tim, you've probably had that. Like I have, like we're like Reddit takes over the morning. Yeah. <laughs> you, you're well, done with whatever yeah. coffee and it's just, and that's my biggest caution. Yeah. And, and also, yeah, like specifically, like, I, I think like if the most inefficient part of it, cause I really like to like, Oh, it's like, I want to absorb, like the birds are chirping, the, the morning light's beautiful, you know what I mean? My coffee tastes great, you know what I mean? Like, I just want to, like, be in there, and then, like, I'll put on, like I said, I'll put on a podcast, but, like, is that podcast actually, like, like, adding to anything that I'm trying to do, you know what I mean, in particular? Like, is this, like, a, a um, like, for instance, like, if I'm, like, gonna throw on, like, something about, like, some UX stuff, you know what I mean, or design stuff, like, I feel like I'm probably better served being put in the mindset of what I have to get accomplished that day, then if I'm going to put on something political or like Conan O'Brien's podcast or something, you know what I mean? Like, like it's it like, like what that material is that I'm absorbing in the morning, it will probably set the tone for what I'm able to do that day and, and how effective I'm able to do it. I think for me, I have to, <clears throat> I want to be in, in task by, by time. So I think that's it for, for me. And that's why I started waking up, waking up a little bit earlier to myself just just time it's like it's like okay just go to bed earlier yeah uh, a bit earlier earlier and have more time for myself you know what i mean and then but but i'm i'm going by at least at 30 or eight o'clock in the morning a partial just out of curiosity because um, i've been getting up earlier and earlier as i get older but i haven't necessarily going to be going to sleep earlier um what time what time do you usually fall asleep uh, uh usually by 10 30 11 i try, I try to 
Oh, wow. And and how do you usually feel when you get up at like 630? Like, like, do you feel well rested and stuff? I do. And the other thing too, I do sometimes is um, I have like a, like a melanin supplement that yeah. really me to just stay asleep. And then I feel like when, like when I wake up, I'm ready, you know, not like dry as much. It's like I've completed a sort of sleep cycle. That way, when I'm ready to, to wake up, this is the time that I'm waking up. And because my phone is across the room and it blares, yeah. <laughs> you know, my partner and everybody's, I'm like, oh, no, let me, you know, because because might still be asleep or not, not ready to get up or whatever. So I just have to get up. You know, and I purposely set the phone all the, all the way on the other of the room. So, so I, I don't. Other thing too, too is I don't. I try to not go not go to the phone right away. That's a really big thing too. Um. So, so the morning routine thing. Um. You know, if you really look deeply into it, it we're talking about habits here, right? Like if, if we clear it all away, a morning routine is just a set of habits that you're installing for the morning, right? So if they happen in the afternoon, then they become afternoon routines. Happening in the morning, they're just the morning routines, but but it's habits, right? It's we do a thing over and over and over. It's a ritual. It's a you know, for me, like coffee is like the morning ritual, like it has to happen, but it's a habit, right? It's a thing that happens every single day. So, um, I want to talk pivot just not from just talking about the morning, but talking more broadly about habits in general and how you see those factoring into your work life, how you see them working in your personal life. Um, how deliberate are you about the habits that you have? Um, how how much do you think about your good habits versus bad habits? How much are you trying to install habits that uh, that serve sort of your greater purpose or bigger goals in life? You know, how do habits factor into your life? Is it something that you deliberately deal with, or is it something that kind of forms naturally? So, Sarah, I'll start with you on this one. I would say it's a, it's a combination of both. I really try to be intentional about how I spend my time because I, I really value time. We have, that is the, the one uh, commodity in all of us that's equal, right? Rich, poor, young, old, time is the thing that we all have that is that is equal. And it's really the people that can use their energy and the right brain power in that time wisely that are going to succeed, right? I, I heard something recently that focus is the new... Um, IQ, like if you could have a high level of focus, it's better than having a high IQ. And so I think how we spend our time has to be intentional. And therefore, our habits have to be intentional. Um, it's very easy to get, you know, go for you guys, you said, you know, go on Reddit and go down a rabbit hole, like, that's a habit you have that can be helpful in your business. But also, you have to know when to say, Oh, I've been on there for 20 minutes, it's time to cut it off. And, you know, I think habits are, um, they can be so good and so bad and and hard to break. I think what's important is understanding why are we doing these things in the first place? And I'm really big around clarity and helping to understand, okay, there's a habit that I want to have. Why do I want that? Why is this so important to me? And it is amazing how the impact of why can can really be impactful on those habits. You know, Jeff, you're learning Mandarin. Um, I don't know if you want to share the reason for that. I, you know, I think we know it. Um, I think that's really important and that motivates you, right? That's a part of your your daughter's culture and, and heritage that's important. Like, amazing. That's a really good motivator for why you want to do that. And I'm sure that that helps to drive you, right? There's probably mornings that maybe you don't want to do it, but you're kind of doing it for her. And that's really important. And I think that that's what has to be clear is why are we doing the things behind these habits? Because if we're just if we're just doing them willy dilly because we want a six pack, we'll look we'll great. But like there has to be more behind those reasons than just, you know, why you go to the gym every morning. Oh, you're muted, Jeff. 
Yeah, sorry. So I was gonna say I completely agree with that. Um, and and understanding your why about any sort of a habit definitely contextualizes and gives it greater gravity. And I think it gives you more resilience on the days where you don't feel like doing whatever that thing is. It gives you that little push. Um, so I 100% agree with that. I was just talking with my um, with my trainer the other day about the kind of the why of it. And like back when I was single, like working out was so much easier because there was like <laughs> a really good reason for me to be like thin and fit. And now I'm like, you know, happy, fat and married. Um, so I get all that. So when you think of yourself as um, wanting to take on a new habit, you get clear on your why. What's your proper process of like the how? Like how do you go about either breaking a bad habit or implementing a new good habit? Like what is your mindset going into it? What's your process? And you know, what's something people could take away from this episode about how they might be able to do it? So I'm personally really rewards driven. <laughs> so I've always been like, oh, I earned that or I deserve that. Um, so part of my productivity system is the, the T in my coat methodology is to take time. And, and a lot of that is for these rewards that we all need. If, if I get this done by three o'clock, I can take a walk. If I get this done by this time, maybe I can have a glass of wine tonight. So it's all about, you know, making it a, a why, but then also saying, I'm going to get something out of this. Maybe my business is going to grow if I send uh, business development emails out today. So I always am recognizing the motivator and then also that that other effect that I'm going to get on the other side of it. So I'm very intentional about that. And how I do that in practice is to physically put block up the time on my calendar. I think we all say, oh, I want to write a book one day. Well, did you write any words on the page to get the book done today? And I think that's where people lose sight of this um, dreaming versus actually having habits that are going to help you get to your goals in the long run. We, we want to write that book. We want to write it tomorrow. But today we need to just write a few words towards you know finishing that book so i think breaking down those larger goals into smaller bite-sized habits is huge and then really making sure that you are intentional about giving yourself enough time every day or you know certain times of the week to put that on your calendar and actually get that stuff done got it tim what about you when you're putting together good habits trying to break a bad habit like how do you go about that process You're muted. Yeah. Um, I think first thing is is like awareness. Um, I read this one of my favorite books. It was a meditation book, and I almost never meditate now. I used to meditate a lot. Almost never do it now. But that said, um, it had a lot of uh, great stuff in it. One of my favorite lines of the book that I've highlighted is, you know, transformation happens in the light of awareness. You know, if you're not aware of your behaviors and why they're happening, then there's probably no no opportunity for you to change it. Um, for me personally, I know that uh, my like when Sarah was talking about focus and being remaining on task, um, stress is probably the higher in, highest indicator that I will not be focused or or struggle with my focus. Um, so when I'm stressed, whether I have a stressful client or I have a lot on my plate right now, or I'm having like family or relationship issues or something along those lines then I'm likely going to seek um, distractions and diversions. You know what I mean? Because I don't want to focus on the stress. I don't want to feel stress. So I'm going to kind of like try and check out. And it's not even like a, I'm doing this consciously. It's just like an automatic process that happens. So um, at, so the first way for me to get out of that headspace in particular is to become aware that I'm actually in that headspace to begin with and that stress is causing it. 
Um, and I know t depending on my level of stress, I might need to just actively decompress um, to kind of uh, move out of that headspace. And, um, and, and that way I can start implementing, you know what I mean? Like, like my other things that I need to do in order to get, get everything done. As far as like on a day to day, putting, putting, um, new habits together on a regular basis. Like, uh, I, I, I don't do this, but I imagine having like, assist, like, like knowing what habits you want to like implement. Um, uh, Jeff has a really great system. Um, what, what was the one where, where you have like the, um, where you associate new habits, the new habits you want to do yeah, with the habit stacking. Um, habit stacking. One of the best things I took out of the book Atomic Habits was habit stacking. Yeah, if I made a list for myself of all the new habits that I'd want to have, then I'd do it that way. That's, <laughs> that's I can tell you it's a really great way to do it. Um, some of the other stuff that he recommends in the book um, about, you know, basically habits. Um, if you want to make a habit, make it easy. If you want to break a habit, make it difficult, right? So like, for instance, if you were trying to quit smoking, um, don't leave your pack of cigarettes out on your nightstand. Put it inside of a box that's inside of a locked box and then give that key to your spouse and tell your spouse you can only have it if you answer a riddle, right? Like, so that's just like a, an example of like making it really difficult for yourself to get to that cigarette. Now, of course, you could run down to a store and get yourself a pack anyway. But the point is, is that it's reminding you that you're trying to install a new habit by making it difficult. Like, See, how, I think this is a good example of why yeah. people are like so different. Um, because I used to smoke when I was younger and I quit around when I was like 26 and I had attempted to quit like so many times before then. Um, and, uh, and the one that stuck and I never really looked back on it was, um, I needed to take the stress away that was, um, the stress away that was in quitting smoking to quit smoking. And the way I did that was I essentially set up a system where I'm going to attempt to not smoke a cigarette for as long as I can not smoke a cigarette. Um, and then when I really, really need a cigarette, that I'm going to guiltlessly have a cigarette. And within two weeks, I'd quit smoking. And I'd, I'd, I think I was smoking since I was like 17. And, um, and I know for a fact that that does not work for everybody. Like, because I've talked to people about this and that doesn't work for everybody. But like the stress of the guilt was so stressful that I would be pushed to have a cigarette. So if I was doing that thing with the lockbox thing, like that would stress me out and I would go buy a pack of cigarettes immediately. Yeah. Got it. And I think that's such an interesting point about like habit format and, and even just this conversation, the way it even began, like Sarah, it's so obvious that the way that you go about things is going to be different than the way I do, but like we're both productive people and we both have an ability to make or break habits, but like we're just very, very different people. Right. So, and then even Tim, as you're talking about quitting smoking, like the way I quit smoking, uh, was I just stopped smoking. And and like you say that to people who are struggling to quit smoking and they're like, I hate you. Like I, I hate you so much. But because of my psyche, the way that I operate, um, for me, everything is about overcoming challenge and accomplishment. That's everything, right? So the greater the challenge, the greater the feeling of accomplishment. So for me, there was such pride and such, um, you know, such a, such a boastfulness about, I just quit smoking by quitting smoking, that that's how I did it. It's, it was like the easiest way for me is the, the competitive spirit inside of me was like, I will not let anything control me or, uh, you know, allow me to not. And that's part of my Enneagram type is like nothing can control me. So it's like my own willpower and blah, 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 blah. Right. But like knowing yourself and understanding what allows, what are your like triggers of good and bad? Like for instance, Tim, stress is a big one for you. 
it, we've talked about this before just offline and, and not in her council, but like stress is one of my greatest motivators. If you put pressure on me, I become a diamond rather than crumble. Mm-hmm. Uh, and knowing yourself and understanding what those things are, uh, kind of give you the, the flexibility to understand how to make or break those habits. So for you, the, the making it harder for yourself in that habit was more just making it hard for yourself by extending the timeline of having the cigarette and mm-hmm. the lockbox thing might stress you out because you know that stress is the, the mm-hmm. kind of like inducing uh, element there. Yeah. 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 So much of this is about knowing what, what you need individually. Definitely. And there's a, there's a discipline here that has to happen. I mean, you can't just, say you want to have a habit and then you have it, right? <laughs> this is, I think that's the thing that people forget. We're in this very instant gratification world. Oh, you want something? Order it on Amazon. We'll be at your house by 8 p.m. I mean, yeah. that's not how habits happen. <laughs> and I think that's that's a real challenge that people often forget. Like habits are there for the long term. You develop these things over time and you have to give yourself some credit for being disciplined enough to do it. Well, that's- This isn't easy. <laughs> Yeah. And that's such an, uh, like a, 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 um, often overlooks piece of this, which is that habits involve neuroplasticity. Like it's literally a thing that's causing a new groove in your brain. And if you have a groove that's already there, you have to basically unwire that. And, and I've actually read that, um, once you form a habit, it, you, you actually can never truly get rid of it. Right. So like the smoking habit, for instance, I know it's still inside of me. It's still there. I can still in my mind see instances where it rears its little ugly head and it's like, you smell that in the air? It's that fall air. Do you remember smoking that cigarette outside the back of uh, the restaurant when you were working, you were on break and it was that temporary moment. And it's like, shut up, shut up, stop talking to me. It's still there because you have that groove in your brain. And anytime you're trying to form a new habit, it can feel really difficult at the beginning. But once you actually form that groove in your brain deep enough, it actually becomes a lot easier to keep repeating that pattern. So I think um, when I think about habits specifically, I think of them as sort of like the building blocks of self-actualization that if you, there's somebody, uh, there's a quote that's like, basically, if you show me your calendar, I'll tell you how successful you are. And, um, and I think the idea is just like, if you show me how you spend your time, I can tell you basically how well you're doing in life. And I think habits are a big part of that. So kind of back to the morning routine idea, if you know that every morning you're going to, you know, read two chapters of a book, you're going to look at your finances. You're going to learn a new language. You're going to do all these things. And that by 10 a.m., you're ready to start your day. You take off the first three or three most important things of the day. And then by two o'clock, you've basically accomplished three most important things, like four of your self-actualization tasks. Like you're you're transforming yourself into a new human by having these different habits. So I've become really obsessed with habits uh, over the last like year or so. Kind of for that reason. Uh, so Parshal, you're back. Welcome back. Thank How, you. How's is, your audio? Is this, better? is this any better? Yeah. 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 Okay. Oh good. Gosh. All right. So now we're going to focus on Parshal. It's a Parshal show for a little bit because we lost <laughs> you for a little bit. We lost you for a little bit. So the, the, the two questions, uh, one question to start out with. Let's do it one at a time. But the question that I'd asked Sarah and Tim while you were gone was about making and breaking habits and your approach to it. So the, the first piece of that is like how how deliberate are you in your habits, your your positive habits that you're trying to create and, and, and nurture and the bad habits you're trying to break? Like how deliberate are you there? And then when you're trying to do either of those at any level, what's your process for doing it? 
I am constantly aware of it. Is this any better? Is my signal? Yeah, slow? yeah, no, you're good now. You're okay. You're, no doubling. We're good. Okay. Um, I think for me, there are a lot of things that I want to. Uh, it, it's, it is always kind of in my awareness, which I don't know, sometimes it can be a really good thing, sometimes not a, not so much of a good thing, just depending on the voice that's driving the, you know, the desire to be better or to improve. So first of all, it's like I have to check that. I finally have to check that first. Um, but I am pretty deliberate about it. Um, I'm always thinking about what it is that I want, um, you know, what's going to make me happy? How can I wake up just feeling a little bit excited about what I'm doing or um, or whatever the case is. And I, for those, I do, I find that I am becoming more intentional, more deliberate. It's like, if it's going to happen, I have to do something. It's not just going to uh, show up necessarily. Like I have to, you know, you know, if I want to get better at something and I got to read a book. And so I've, you know, been consuming books and that's part of something that I have to do. Like, um, especially considering that in books, people have spent hours, you know, they went and locked themselves in a cabin or whatever their process is to get all this information out into a book that tells you exactly what to do. And for me, it, reading and then applying what I'm learning has really been like just pushing me like inches forward. So it is like a deliberate thing. And I'm always thinking about how I can make those steps. So for me, I seek out, you know, information, I seek out knowledge and understanding. Um, and also too, for me, as another habit that I want to create is my ability to communicate and to teach. So since I'm consuming all this information, I can't sit around and get fat. You know what I mean? I got to work it out. And I think to me that is um, consuming and then creating. So that's uh, something that I am jumping more into and just being deliberate about because teaching really is the highest form of learning. So I have to reframe it. I seek out the knowledge that's necessary for that task. And um, I try to like, the other thing that's really big for me too is accountability. So if there's someone else that's depending on me or that I know that I need to show up for and whatever, I'm more likely to do whatever habit or task it is. And the morning routine for me is just at least me acknowledging that sort of intention towards myself, not anybody else. And to do that first thing gets the rest of the day going. Cause I'm like, all right, I feel full. Like I feel good. I feel, you know, pumped up and ready to go just on my own stuff and the things that I like and that you know, bring me joy and happiness and all that jazz. So I hope that answered the question uh, and that that all came through with no doubles. Yeah, no doubles. Your, your voice sounds great once again. Um, so the the kind of the, you did answer the question, but there's one piece I still want to touch on. Which oh. is how do you go about turning a desire to change into an actual habit? Like what's the what's the step-by-step -step process that you or, and, and Tim and Sarah, feel free to jump in. Um, but uh, starting with you, Parshall, like what's the step-by-step -step process? Like how do you go about thinking about like, okay, so I want to uh, create the, the, a LinkedIn video every day. Mm -hmm. You could say that and you've been doing that. Like you've been LinkedIn live on the regular basis. Mm -hmm. Yeah, How did you turn that into something that's a habit more so than maybe something that you do for, you know, two weeks and then stop doing? How do you turn it into a habit where it becomes almost second nature to you, where it um, you, you stop having to think about it as much and it begins to feel a little bit easier and almost like you just naturally think like that's a thing I, I need to do? For me, I, I put it in my calendar first. So I'm looking back in my calendar and I see from 730 to 8, I should be going live sharing some kind of content. So 
that's there. It's in my schedule. It pops up every day. I have reminders that go off that tell me, hey, yep, this is what's happening. And if I happen to forget it or I'm not able to get to it that day, you know, then I have like another process to make sure that I don't beat myself up for it and then just continue to snowball this the rest of my day because I didn't get this thing done. But since it is at the top of the day and it's on the calendar, I feel like for me, that's something that I have to do. Um, and then also when whatever that habit is or whatever, it's really big for me is, is, is accountability. So, for example, I have two books that I'm reading right now and I'm motivated to read them because one of them I told some, well, she asked me, well, can you share with me what you read? And then I'll do the same for something else that I'm learning. And then another book that I'm reading, we're both kind of on the same page about wanting to reorganize our finances. So we're like, hey, let's hit two, two chapters a week and then we'll just touch base for a few minutes like that. Now I have to read this book. So it's no longer like an option. It becomes second nature because something about my personality and the way I am, it's very much driven about uh, other people um, working out for me and all that going to the gym by myself has never really been successful. But, hey, I'm signing up for the basketball league or I'm going to be at the pickleball you know, thing. If you guys know about pickleball, you should. But pickleball is, you know, you play with other people. So it's like if I'm going to show up, I'm showing up also because someone else needs me there. Yeah, I love it. Well, one of the things that I just noticed real quick between you and Sarah is you both mentioned calendar. And what I'm noticing there is that that's actually a habit stack, right? Because if you don't actually have a habit of looking at your calendar every day, then that is a useless. Say, for instance, you didn't say I put it on my calendar, but I write it on a chalkboard that's at the coffee shop down the street and I go there once a week. It's a bad habit stack at that point. But the fact that you look at your calendar every day, you're actually sort of maybe inadvertently habit stacking because you know you're going to look at your calendar every day. And by putting it there, you're then able to remind yourself to do that thing. The accountability piece I really like because that's something that um, it kind of fits in a little bit to what we were talking while you were away. We talked a little bit about understanding yourself and thinking about, um, you know, what are what are kind of your triggers? What are the things that motivate you, right? So like Tim often very much motivated in one way or another by stress. It can move him in one direction or another. I'm very competitive and, you know, so everybody's got their thing. For you, achieving things and accomplishing things and being a leader and, and being seen as successful is very important. And therefore, accountability to other people is a very strong motivator, right? Like that's the thing that naturally fits your personality. And, and Sarah, I know the same thing about you. Um, so it makes sense that those those are two of the things that you would use. But we lost Sarah briefly. Hmm. She'll be back. I have a feeling. Um, there she is. Sorry, we lost you. Uh, yeah. So do you want to comment on that at all? Me? Yeah. Yeah. Well, first I want to recognize that Parshall is video ready at 7.30 in the morning. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, 7.30 p.m. or 7.30 a.m.? She's camera ready. I would come on like this. I'd be like. <laughs> I don't want to know what I look like at 7.30 in the morning. Um, so kudos to Parshall for that. Um, I didn't pick up on that, but holy crap. Yeah, she's yeah. like, oh, and my calendar update at 7.30. I make a video. I'm like, I'm not doing that at 7.30 in the morning. But um, yeah, no, I think I think what's interesting about the, but this is like, it's also, you know, to reflect on that, it is different for everybody. I thinking about working out again. For me, I have a habit of working out every day but I get really bored with that habit really quickly. So I give myself these little like challenges that I that I make up basically. So right now I'm doing a Peloton challenge with myself 
No one knows I'm doing it. Nobody cares I'm doing it. I'm not going to get anything except my own satisfaction that I've done it. But I've said there's a class in a certain category and I'm going to take that many classes and I'm going to ride this many miles in December. So this morning I did it because I set this goal for myself. And in January, I will need a different goal because I will be bored with that same goal. I'm still gonna wanna work out, but I'll do it in a different way. And so I think it's important to recognize like when a habit needs to change or morph or adjust because habits like anything else can get stale. Yeah, yeah. Hey, can I ask a question actually? Of course, um, you're one of the council members. Well, so so one, one of the, uh, things that I do, um, like when I'm, when I want to, what's the best way to phrase this? I oftentimes put myself in a position where I'm forced to do things because I know if I'm forced to do it through various mechanisms, then I will actually do it. You know what I mean? Like for instance, like Jeff, if you asked me to do something by this date and I'm like, I did want to learn how to do this thing. I don't know how to do this thing yet. And by me saying, I'm going to do this thing to you. You know what I mean? That will put me in a position where I have to do it and I have to make that work. And that's, that's, that's been like, but simultaneously, like, while it's been like, rel I think it's been effective, you know what I mean? Cause like I've been like progressive. That's how I usually progress my, um, my, my learning and understanding of things. You know what I mean? Um, because if I'm just like kind of in a space by myself where I'm just like, Oh, I'm going to just be self-motivated and learn this thing. A lot of times it won't happen. Um, do you think that's healthy? Just honest opinion. Yeah. I mean, I guess the way that I would look at it is, is if you're, if you're doing something that improves your life mm -hmm. and brings you happiness and joy or brings you self-actualization, self-fulfillment, whatever, like if, if the outcome of whatever that thing is, is positive and the act of doing it, whatever it is, doesn't harm anybody else, then I personally see no problem with it. The other thing is I think you, you know, that that's a form of accountability that you're talking about. I think it comes back to, again, understanding yourself. You know, we really, I don't think that we as a society necessarily encourage self-introspection and, you know, customized programming of, of how to do things as much as we're like, here's the silver bullet for everyone, right? Like, just do this. Like, think about school. Like, school isn't set up for individualized learning or ways of people receiving information. And I think habit formation and how to, like, you know, even just the example of Tim and I using of like quitting smoking, like, we did it in different ways. And we did it in different ways because we're different people with different motivations. And I think the better we understand ourselves, um, the, the more, uh, the, in a better position, we're going to be to actually come up with solutions that work for us. So accountability works for you. Accountability works for Parshel. Accountability uh, works for Sarah. Sarah likes to have little goals for herself and games that she plays with herself that nobody else may know about. Like we all have our own ways of doing it. And, and honestly, I think it's really interesting that this conversation, not planned, but comes on the back of us talking so much about our Enneagram profiles and all of those sort of personality uh, traits that we have, because I'm seeing it as we're talking through this in knowing each of your different profiles, how the ways that we go about making or breaking uh, habits or even what we think about them is so rooted in our identities and our behavioral tendencies. Wait, so, oh, go ahead, Tim. I was just gonna, oh, I didn't know what Rochelle's came up with, Rochelle's personality. Uh, her profile is the same as Sarah's. They're both threes. Oh, oh you're a three, Sarah? Yeah. yeah. I was just going to give one more example um, of like, you know, we talk about habits and, and eating healthy. So I eat healthy most of the time, right? So like I eat, I would say 80% healthy, 20% not, right? Like I'm going to 
Tim and I had a pizza the other day. I'm going to have a piece of cake. Like I enjoy eating. I enjoy life, but I could eat moderately for like the rest of my life. My husband has to go, like if he's going to do something, he's going to do it. So like he'll do keto for two weeks and like do it. Right. But then the next day he's like, I'm taking a break from it. And and he orders, you know, whatever he wants to eat where I'm like, oh, I ate keto for two meals and one meal. I didn't what I, you know what I mean? But I think, again, that's a personality thing. It's interesting. Like if he does something, he's doing it at 160 percent and there's no there's no gray. Right. It's black yeah. or white. We're doing keto or we're not doing doing keto where I'm like, I eat mostly healthy usually like yeah, <laughs> that's I that's not enough for him, you know? Yeah. No, I get it because I can't do moderate. I I don't <laughs> do moderate. Like there's no like slow and steady wins the race for me. Like even like in my habits, my goals for the habits, the only way I'm satisfied is if they are extreme, right? Like like I'm not happy with like a seven day streak on Duolingo. Like I need a, a an over 100 day streak to be happy. My reading uh, streak was over 100 days also. I read every single day for over 100 days. And even that I'm like, huh. I gave up, right? Like, so I'm pissed because it's not extreme enough because the, the, like for me, that wasn't like a series of small steps. It was part of a journey towards an extreme goal because mm -hmm. that's just how I roll. So I'm very similar to Ben in that. And in terms of my eating, it's the same thing. I did hardcore paleo for like six months and I dropped like 30 pounds back in like 2013, 2014. And then when I started eating again, I like ballooned back up. <laughs> I was like mac and cheese, baby. Right. Yeah. Where I would like have some mac and cheese and also have two meals that were paleo. And that's good. Like, yeah. but again, I think that's, that's so important is to recognize that in yourself. It's like, well, I'm not failing at paleo. You're not failing at what you're trying. Like we're just yeah. Th these, yeah, but these approaches yeah. are, are, are different. I think this all or nothing mentality can sometimes get us into a little bit of trouble because it, it, in, it helps us feel like we're failures when in reality, like you did pretty damn good. Yeah. Recognize that. Of course. You know? Yeah. And there's, there's no, like, where, where, where's the rule book, you know what yeah. I mean, for all of this? Uh, how, how am I being graded on this? I'm the one who's the teacher and the student. Yeah. Why am I beating myself up? Why am I, you know, I, I was listening to a video, uh, it was Will Smith, and, you know, he has like some of these motivational things. And he was talking about how self discipline is a form of self love. Like, it's a way that you show yourself love because you're going to, do what you set out to do according to whatever measures you, whatever you deem as successful, um, I suppose, and not kicking yourself while you're down because you're the one who's creating the rules, but then you're also mad because you break the, you know, it's, it's craziness. And I think it's, it's, uh, we have to really, I think, come to an understanding of like, it's never done. There's certain things that just are never done. You know, you can never have enough money. You can never have enough time. You can never like, where it, it's never it's never finished really, and we're all still figuring it out. Even Oprah is freaking figuring it out, I'm sure, or to some extent is trying to challenge herself or whatever the case is. I mean, I I think we're just all in that boat, and we have to be the ones to say this is what's going to happen, and then give ourselves grace through it. You know, to enjoy the journey. Yeah, and deeming everything as a failure when it's like, well, what is the measure? Like, why why am I setting these expectations like this for myself, you know, that might produce something that is unhealthy or produce something that uh, is going to make me beat myself up. Then I never get to where it is or I do. And I'm looking around like this is it. 
you know, that just, it keeps happening. That's like human nature, you know? I think your things really shift when you can recognize enjoying the journey and not just trying to always be at the destination. Like the journey yeah. is a cool place too. And when, yeah. when you're, uh, when you're, when you feel like you're um, in a place where you're not succeeding, like, uh, like for instance, like, you know, you have all these things that you want to work on and you're not able to work on them right now um, for whatever reasons, just acknowledge that that is probably a temporary place. You know what I mean? That you're in, like, you probably have like a lot of things going on in your life and you're probably struggling to get on top of them. And in the same sense, it's important to be like, like this isn't happening now, but it is going to happen. You know what I mean? In general, I trend towards growth. You know what I mean? I'm in a space where for whatever reason that can't happen right now, but like, this is a temporary place and that I'm going to get out of this and everything's going to be fine. You know, yeah, and, on the on the good and the bad, it's it's going good. You know what I mean? It's gonna pass. Yeah, and it's yeah. going horrible. It's gonna mm -hmm. pass. So regardless, yep. like you just have to, like what you said, just kind of be be where you are. Yeah, I'm yeah. appreciating hearing all of this because I'm very militant with myself, and there is. Uh, like I suffocate out my bad habits as much as possible. I try to squash my weaknesses as quickly as possible. I'm constantly in pursuit of like my highest self and biggest growth and all of that. And it's, it's a lot of pressure that I put on myself to do all of those things. And it's, uh, it's just kind of nice to, to be reminded that it's actually okay to not always be that because in my head, even as you're all saying that I'm thinking like, yeah, but you could always do a little bit of something, right? Like you could always take on like maybe one more thing or like, Oh, you could always do, but it's like, no, actually sometimes there are periods of there and there have been in my life periods of time where I was like, you know what? No, screw it. I'm done. Like, I just need like a full week off, like nothing, no motivation, no goal setting, no habits, no growth, just video games and chilling out. Like, cause I need it. Cause there's yeah. the recharge. Right. Yeah. I think I, I sometimes forget that, you know, it's sort of like a, we've used a lot of like fitness examples here, but like, you know, you can't just hit the bench every day and like put up the weight, like constantly, constantly without a rest period. Cause your, your body needs time to recuperate in the same way. I think in habit formation, um, you want to probably bend towards progress and towards more good habits and eliminating more bad habits. But I think there is to everybody's point here, a space to just sometimes allow it to be what it is. And, and, give yourself the space and the graces you put it per shell to, to not be on top of the game. And some, something I noticed when, when I, when I started working for myself um, is it was a very emo emotionally tumultuous time. Cause there's like a lot of uncertainty. You know what I mean? You don't have patterns of business coming in and business not coming in. You know what I mean? So it's hard to read like what's happening on a day-to-day -day basis. So I would tend to like, like get really anxious at night in particular when I got tired. Right. And, um, and as I, and, and it was just like a very cyclical thing in the morning, I'd feel somewhat optimistic, you know what I mean? And I'd be able to like push through some of that anxiety, but at night I would just get really anxious. And, and, and at some point I realized, cause I was like, like, like when those thoughts would come up, I'd be like, like the world's not falling apart for me right now. I'm just tired. And that, and tired is when my anxieties come out, you yeah. know, what I mean? and just like, and, and just acknowledging that that's what happened actually like chilled me out. You know what I mean? And I'm like, no, I'm just going to do what I want right now. I'm just going to put on TV. I'm going to check out right now and then I'm going to go to sleep and in the morning I'm going to wake up and I'm going to hit it again. You know what I mean? And, um, and then that kind of like helped me like chill out those fears of like, Oh, I'm not making progress. I'm going to like starve to death or be homeless or, you know what I mean? Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. So I think that the sort of like the wrap up point for the morning routines and habits is be conscious about where you want to go and how you want to structure it. Give yourself grace and some space. If you don't, 
uh, hit it at a hundred percent. Um, there's a process to forming habits and, um, that process is intersecting with who you are as a human being, what your habits are or, or what your tendencies are as a person. Um, so if you want to learn more about building habits, I would highly recommend reading uh, Atomic Habits by James Clear. I've referenced it a couple of times. It's a really great book for it. Um, but I think that the key underlying point is know yourself because that's going to allow you to give yourself the space. It's going to allow you to form and, and break habits based upon how you work best. So, um, so that's a that's a wrap on the the morning routines and the habits episode. I had a really good time hanging out with all of you. Um, as far as uh, how we wrap up this episode, we always like to do are you into portion of our show. And I don't believe that we set one for today. So it's just a little bit of a free for all. So does anybody have something that they're like super into right now that they want to share with our audience? Um, so this, this isn't like uh, something I've been doing recently, but I feel like it's just in theme with today's episode. Um, I referenced a book I read a while ago, and it was really helpful for me in particular. Um, it was called Breath by Breath. Um, the guy is a meditation expert um, who wrote it. I think he wrote it in like the 90s. Um, but this book is like, it's like totally like tear to shreds because I've like gone through it so many times. Um, and it's really good at like, if you are trying to, you know, work through everything like from like habits to whatever, um, it's a really self-love oriented book, which kind of teaches you like just the power of being aware of like your mental space state right now and how, how that's affecting the choices you're making right now and how like just being aware of things helps you change things. You know what I mean? Cause like, it's like that thing in physics, like as soon as you're aware of the thing, it acts differently. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and it's, it's written in a really comprehensive way and it's great. And if you are interested in meditation, it's great because it's like one of those things, a lot of times people get into meditation and like they, they close their eyes and their head starts going nuts and they're like, no, you're supposed to be quiet right now. Like the whole thing is like, let it go nuts. You know what I mean? Just like, like watch it, you know, watch these crazy thoughts move through your head. You know what I mean? And be aware and then, and then see what happens when you do, because inevitably it changes and really great book. If you're looking to like do anything from like start a business to whatever it has implications for everything. And I love it. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Well, uh, viewers that are watching now live and those of you who are tuning into our podcast later on or that are watching the video later on, I want to thank you for tuning into the Heroic Council. We show up every Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We answer your questions. So if you have them, please go to superheroinstitute.org slash heroic and leave us a question right there. Join our Facebook group uh, for the Superhero Institute and you can put a question in there. You can pose it to one of us individually, to the entire council. You can recommend a guest. You can recommend yourself you can recommend a topic we're here for you and we're going to keep coming back every week with an interesting topic for us all to discuss bringing multiple points of view uh, so we want to thank you for tuning in uh please tune again next week next week we're going to be discussing a concept that Parshel brought to our attention um, about a month ago at this point about the distinction between a consultant, a coach, and a mentor uh, that actually inspired a blog post by me. Uh, and there's a, a lot of different perspectives out there. And um, it, it's gotten a lot of people in our circle to get their wheels turning. We did a superhero hangout on it. It was a really, really uh, interesting conversation that I think deserves more inquiry. So we're going to take some time on that right here in uh, the Superhero Institute uh, Heroic Council. Uh, so we'll do that next week. See us next Friday. And with that, we're out.